how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. And then, hallelujah, yes, we love that scripture. Mark chapter 16, hallelujah, get your healing scriptures. If you don't already have them marked, get them marked in your Bible, or at least if you, I mean, if you know where they're at, you don't have to mark them, but if you don't know where they're at, find a way, get you some of these little tabs, some kind of a tab, and put it where the healing scriptures are so that at prayer and healing center, you can uh, turn quickly if you aren't for sure where they're at because you may need to turn quickly to healing scriptures. Mark 16, verse 15, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name shall they cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. So we lay hands on the sick and they recover is a part of the Great Commission. It is a command to us. Just as much as it's a command to go into all the world and preach the gospel, in other words, to win to win the lost. Then turn to Matthew 18, 18. It says, Verily I say unto you, Whatsoever ye shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatsoever ye shall loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. I wanted just to get across uh, the authority where God told us we can bind, we can loose. Hallelujah. So that's a great part of the healing ministry. We're going to kind of wind everything up tonight and talk about several things concerning the Prayer and Healing Center. It's called Tuscaloosa Prayer and Healing Center. The web address, if you want that, is TuscaloosaHealingCenter.org. Don't put the prayer in there. TuscaloosaHealingCenter.org. We're on Facebook again. You know, I had taken Facebook down, and now we're up. And if you want to go to River Church, Alabama on Facebook, you can like us or friend us at River Church, Alabama, and you'll see uh, we're going to be posting to that. In fact, we already have several posts on there. We have a YouTube channel. Nothing posted on it as far as videos yet, but our YouTube channel is Revival Every Day. You can find our channel, and it'll show a picture and maybe a description, but you won't be anything to watch on YouTube yet. So that's all coming together, though. Got my mom. She's cutting little prayer claws. She's cutting prayer claws. We're going to pray over them, bag the bags, do all those things. The design work is getting done. Thank you, Lord. Three reasons Jesus healed. Does anybody remember the three reasons Jesus healed? We studied it. Compassion, because He's good, and to reveal the kingdom, a sign that the kingdom has come. Hallelujah. Not to prove He was God, but a sign that the kingdom has come. Just reviewing a little bit. Who did Jesus heal? Several times it is recorded that Jesus healed them all, but here's what we could say. Jesus healed those that came to Him. Let's turn to Luke 9.11. He healed those that followed Him, it says in Luke 9.11. The people, when they knew it, followed him, and he received them and spake unto them of the kingdom of God and healed them that had need of healing. He healed those that came to him. He healed those that followed him. But then sometimes he just healed somebody that he passed by on the street. You know, we're not ever going to be able to put God in a box. 
He healed those that called out to him, cried out to him. Blind Barmaidus cried out and said, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. So he never turned anybody down that came to him. Anybody that came, anybody that followed, anybody that cried out to him were never turned down. Well, the people that are going to come to Tuscaloosa Prayer and Healing Center, they're coming. They're asking. They're asking God. And God is not going to turn them down. Hallelujah. How did Jesus heal? Does anybody know two ways Jesus healed? Laying on of hands and the word of command. The word of command. Two things you need to know about healing. Curry Blake says, this is only two things you really need to know. Does anybody remember the two things Curry Blake says, only two things you need to know? Healing is always God's will and that believers were commanded to heal the sick. If we know it's always God's will to heal and we know we're supposed to do it, really that's all we need to know. Glory to God. We need to make sure we remove past experience. If you've prayed for people and they weren't healed, you need to remove that from your thinking. Forget it. You know more now. It's a new hour and it's a new day. You're able to carry more. So remove past experience of failure. Remove all past teaching that negates Scripture. (laughs) You know what? We've found out a lot of things we were believing in the last two years as we've been studying. We started out studying Randy Clark and we hit the five-step prayer model and all that. And in the last two years that we've been studying, we found out a lot of things that we were believing ways we were praying, things we were saying that negate Scripture or that are contrary to what the Scripture says. We actually found out we were praying wrong. And so we need to break any old habits of how we used to pray. And sometimes that's hard, isn't it, to break the old habit. Even though we know now how to pray, it's like when you get under pressure and you're right there and they're sitting right there and you're trying to think of things to say, you sometimes want to fall back into the old way of doing things. Another thing that we always remember is the power to heal is released by authority. The power to heal is released by authority. And that's why Jesus said to the centurion, I've not found so great faith in all of Israel because he understood authority. And he said, Jesus, all you have to do is speak the word because I am a man under authority. And when I say to this one, come, and he comes. And when I say to that one, go, he goes. And you just speak the word only. So he understood authority. The power to heal is released by authority. So that is all we need to know. The centurion didn't even have a covenant with God. Hallelujah. So Jesus heals people that aren't saved. Glory to God. We do recommend and encourage that we still stay refreshed on the five-step prayer model. If you don't have a copy of that, ask and we can get you one after service. I'm sure we have some around here somewhere. We passed them out at one time. But the five-step prayer model is a very helpful tool in praying for the sick. But that being said, healing is not about using a certain model. But it is about encountering the healer. It's about having a relationship with Jesus The better our relationship is, the more we're in relationship, the more that we're walking with God on a daily basis, the more healing power and healing presence is going to come out out of us as we lay hands on the sick. It's not about principles. It's about presence. So that's why sometimes we see people that might be even breaking some of the what we consider rules as far as how to pray for people, but people that have a relationship with Jesus Christ are going to have results. Hallelujah. 
We want to make sure we take all the limits off of God. And that would be any mindset we have about, well, I've got to get them saved before I can get them healed. That would be putting a limit on what God can do. Randy Clark points out in one of his books that just about the time you think you've got God figured out, then that's when He's going to do it totally different than you expected. Hallelujah. So we'll just go ahead right now and just take the limits off of God and say we're going to flow in this pattern, but Holy Spirit, do what you do best. Take care of this for us. I want to talk just a little bit tonight about how to be ready to pray. How to be ready just for us personally. How to be ready to pray. First of all, the Word says be instant in season and out. So do that. (laughs) Do that above all else. Just because you don't feel ready that day, don't back off. Hallelujah. But we do want to do everything we can to be ready. So number one is be prepared. And when I say be prepared, you may think I'm going to say, well, read five chapters in the Bible or pray three hours or something. And of course, all of those things are good things to do. But really, what the Lord wants from us is that we become the kind of ministry that lives in a state of expectation. In other words, we live prepared. And we're always expecting because we know we might meet somebody on the street and we don't want to say, oh gosh, I can't pray for this lady in Walmart tonight because I'm just not prepared. No, we're prepared. We live in a state of preparedness because we walk in relationship with Him in a close relationship. We're always expecting an opportunity. And when you pray for the sick, expect it to be done. Start being shocked when it's not done if it ever isn't. Go for 100%. Randy Clark set himself some percentages, if you read in his book about that. He's going for a greater percentage in every meeting, healed, and I forget what his percentages were now. If you pray for five people and one out of five are getting healed, start believing for two out of five. I'm talking about on the street. And one thing I would say about Tuscaloosa Prayer and Healing Center, you know what, when we go in there, We're one man. And so it's not just your faith. You may be the leader and the three in that team may be laying hands on the sick, but we're as one man. So everybody's faith in that room. This is not just one person's faith that's going to get this. If team one gets them healed, well, then we all had a victory. Amen? Amen. So in other words, that helps not to feel like oh, I'm the only one in here that's you know, got this whole burden on my shoulders to get this done. No, we're all in there together. Even the ones that they don't have a person to pray for right at that moment. Number two, be a clean vessel. Well, now you know what? We're clean in our spirit all the time. You don't ever have a dirty spirit. But I tell you, there's just one little factor, and that is anything that comes out of your spirit has got to go through your soul. So, mind, will, and emotions, you know, keeping a clean vessel. Number three, be prayed up. Hallelujah. Be prayed up. You're going to be more effective if you've prayed. And especially if you're praying in tongues, increases your sensitivity to what He's leading you to do and to His direction. Because, you know, we already came to the conclusion in this room as we've been teaching on this, we came to the conclusion We have to listen to the Holy Ghost and we have to hear Him because it's not a 
formula. If it was just a formula, we wouldn't have to listen, but it's not a formula. And every person's different. And even if three people in a row have the same thing, they all get up and say they have the same thing, guarantee you all three of them will be different in some way. They're different people. Their background's different. Their childhood's different. Their training and what they believe about God is different. You know, a doctor can give one pill to somebody for something and the next person it might not work on. And that's the way it is with divine healing. Is uh, We're going to have to listen to the Holy Ghost. So be prayed up. Number four, forgive. Take a moment and ask the Holy Spirit before our sessions. That may be while you're driving here. Maybe earlier in the day, just say, Holy Spirit, is there anybody? You know, we're all trying to keep the root of that unforgiveness and the root of bitterness out of our lives. But even in just one day, one hour, one encounter in the office, one encounter, you can all of a sudden have just the smallest little, just a hint of unforgiveness. Brother Hagen said that was a, one of the major keys in his life is he didn't let even a hint of unforgiveness get in his life. I would like to ask him if he was still here, uh, just exactly how did you do that? Nobody in all those years that I know of ever thought to ask Brother Hagen, how do you do that? What's the answer? What's the key? Number five, confess any sin. Take a moment. Take a moment sometime during the day or as you're coming and say, Holy Spirit, is there any unconfessed sin? Is there anything in my life that I need to clean up before I go here to minister to others? That's a way to be ready. Number six, Ask God to give you His love for the people being prayed for. We all need more walking in the love walk, and we all need more compassion. I can sense compassion increasing on us and in my life, and I can sense it. I can sense myself feeling very compassionate and just really being compassionate that people are hurting, that people are suffering and wanting to do something about it. And so we need to ask God for that. We want to minister out of compassion because compassion is a supernatural work. Sympathy is just a work of the soul. But compassion is a supernatural work. And we want to impart the love of God to people because it might be the first expression of God's love directly to them that they've ever had. Or it might just been a long time. A lot of people have been through a lot of tough stuff and they need to feel and experience the love of God. Hallelujah. Now I'm going to try and change the subject. I finished that. And I want to talk about questions to watch for as you're actually praying for someone. Questions that the Holy Spirit might prompt you to ask. I can't be Holy Spirit right now, but... This is some questions that you ought to be aware of just so that if the Lord prompts you to ask these questions, you will. You might ask them if you feel so led, the leader feels so led, so all any one of you could be leading. Is there anyone you need to forgive tonight? You might just say, you say it in a gentle way. Is there anyone you need to forgive that you know of? And they might say, oh yeah. And you know, these are really good questions to ask Christians. If somebody comes in and they're not born again, chances are you're not going to have to ask them anything. There's not anything been required of them. 
they don't know any better, so to speak. And so get them healed, then get them saved, and y'all all praise God. Hallelujah. But someone's been a Christian a lot of years, maybe they've been believing for healing, you just feel like you, something's not flowing, then this might be a question. And then instead of saying, you need to forgive, which was is probably what I would say, but I'm saying my bedside manner is not always the best. But something to the effect of, are you willing to pray right now and release them? You could say that instead of, you need to forgive. And then either ask them to pray that prayer if you think they will, or if they can't pray the prayer, you can lead them in a prayer of forgiveness. Have them repeat after you, Dear Father, I forgive so-and-so, and have them repeating it. And I release glory to God. Number two, you may feel led to ask, is there anything you need to ask forgiveness for? This is how I see it. If they're a Christian, they're probably going to start blurting out everything they feel guilty for as soon as you get them in a seat and the anointing of God is there. That's usually what happens. So you may not have to ask. But if you feel like things aren't progressing, maybe you feel like you're laying hands on a doorknob, nothing's happening, nothing's moving, then you might ask, is there anything you need to that you might need to ask God's forgiveness for. And then number three, the Holy Ghost gave me this. I have never heard anybody say this, but today the Holy Ghost told me this. This might be somebody that's come out of the church world. Have you ever said God doesn't heal anymore or that miracles have passed away? And if they say, well, yeah, you know, I used to believe that, or yeah, I've said it, Lead them in a prayer of repentance for that. Uh, the Lord just really quickened me to that. And I'll just say, if any of you in here used to believe that way, even though you changed that way you believe, maybe you've said that. If you ever said tongues are of the devil, the gifts of the Spirit passed away when the last apostle died, if you ever quoted somebody and said that, you need to break that in the name of Jesus. You need to renounce it and break it yourself. Number four, this might be something you need to ask because I think we would be surprised how many Christians are here. Have you ever been involved with the occult? And you may need to spell out what the occult is, like witchcraft, horoscope, fortune tellers, Harry Potter, Ouija board. Those things are the occult. And, of course, there's many more. But I think you would probably be shocked how many Christians, Ouija board, Harry Potter, fortune tellers, and horoscope. And if you've ever been involved in any of that, you need to renounce it. You need to repent. You can need to command any demon that came in when you did it. In my childhood, even though I was a Christian, we were all very close, the girls in my class. And I had a class of about 60-something people. But... A bunch of us girls were pretty close, and so we were always having a slumber party or something. I'm telling you, these things came up at slumber parties, and me being ignorant, and my parents ignorant of it, I had to renounce a bunch of things when I got filled with the Spirit. And when I got light on it, I had to renounce those things and say, the Holy Ghost reminded me of things that we had played with and tinkered with and, and uh, done. That. Uh, so... 
Let's talk a bit about winding up the prayer session. You've prayed and they're going to say, I am better. I mean, it is good. Yes. Hallelujah. That thing you need to do there is rejoice and praise God with them. And y'all just take the time to rejoice and praise God and thank Him for what He's done. Because there's going to be other people praying in the room. You can't sit there and chit-chat or you're going to disrupt everybody. One way to start winding up is to start telling them about the bag that you have to give them. You may explain some of the things that are in the bag or not. You talk about the bag and that we have a gift bag for them and it's got some things in there that will help them with healing, that they can pray over, they can study, they can confess. The bag's going to have healing scriptures. It's going to have a prayer cloth with instructions on how to use the prayer cloth in there. Brochure and there's going to be some information. One thing we've always said this is uh, we want them to experience the presence of the Holy Ghost. We want them to leave feeling loved and encouraged no matter what happens. Make sure that you thank them for allowing us to pray and invite them to come back anytime. Remind them when we'll be open next so you will want to be aware of that. And you can explain to them that sometimes God heals in layers and that you come back, we'll pray again. And especially if they've seen some results, but not all results. We want that opportunity to push that on through. Now, let's talk a bit about this. One of the things the Holy Spirit reminded me of that I hadn't thought of is what if somebody comes with them? Somebody that doesn't want to be prayed for, but is there with them. Hopefully, they would just be willing to sit in the waiting area, which is going to be where the TV is there. That's the waiting area to wait for to be called to come back to the healing room. But if they insist on coming with them, what we're going to say is that you're going to pull up a chair where they can see them. They can hear probably what you're saying. They can hear, but they probably won't be able to talk about it. We don't want them answering the questions for them. We don't want them laying hands on them or anything with them. One of the things I've noticed just as a church, that any time you have people come up for prayer and mama or daughter or kin folks come up, somebody comes up for prayer and here comes mama behind them and mama's crying and rubbing their back and all that, you can just forget it because you're already over in the soul. If you're a mama, don't do that. Let them get prayed for. I've seen God work in husbands more when the wife had to stay home from church that night because Holy Ghost Jr. wasn't there. Now, if it's a mama of a baby, we want them back there. We don't want to pray for a little kid without mama and daddy or whoever's there, grandma. We prefer them to be there, but we're talking about adults when I'm talking about that. Pastors got it fixed. They'll have to have the signature if they're a minor. They'll have to have a signature in order for us to pray for them. Now, that's not true at church. We don't do that at church, but at the Tuscaloosa Prayer and Healing Center. Now, once they're healed, once they're healed, hey, let's just say you come in, boy, you pray and they're healed. Now, it's going to be your responsibility to move them on out. Boy, the Holy Ghost reminded me of this this week. Remember Brother Hagin used to say, that there's more people prayed themselves out of their healing. One thing you don't want to do after somebody's healed is keep on praying because that is unbelief. Now, you can work on some other part of their body. 
you know, if their ankle gets healed, but they said they had a headache too, you can move on to the other part of their body. And he tells the story, Brother Hagen did, about one of his piano players. He prayed for and she got healed. Well, the very next week, somebody stood up and said, we need to pray for sister so-and-so. And he said, they just prayed her right back into being sick. Because you're praying unbelief. You don't want to pray unbelief. If it's done, it's done. So if you've got results, no need to keep praying. Now, if somebody asks you, well, I need you to pray for my son-in-law. He did something really bad or something. What do you do? Well, if there's a long line of people waiting to be prayed for, if there's extra people, like maybe me and Pastor aren't praying that night because we're not on a team, you can say, listen, I'm going to give you to somebody else to pray for that. That's one thing you could do. If there's nobody waiting in line, then go ahead and pray for it. Try to keep them focused on healing, though. Don't let them get distracted. Try to go for the healing first. Say, well, I tell you what, when we finish praying for your healing, we'll pray over that. You know, this is a 20-minute window here. Of course, if there's 15 people out there, it might have just become a 10-minute or a 15-minute window. But depending on how many teams we have, you could take them and the card out of their bag that has healing scriptures and show them how to take God's healing medicine for themselves. Just show them. Now let me show you how to take God's medicine. Questions? Man, y'all are smart. No questions. Well, I know this has been a different sort of church, but hallelujah. Praise God, we needed to learn.